Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Essex sends it straight ahead. Barkov has room, cruises in Barkov, makes it over, he scores! Here are your hosts, Jamison Olive and Doug Plagans. Hey everybody, welcome in to the second episode of Territory Talk, the official Florida Panthers podcast right here today. I'm Doug Plagans alongside Jameson Olive from FloridaPanthers.com and our correspondent Pete Rossi. And we've got a big show planned for you. I want to thank everybody who checked out the show last week, the debut edition of the program. And well, coming down the stretch here, guys, the game's only getting bigger for the Florida Panthers and the episodes of Territory Talk, they're only going to get bigger as we cruise along. <laughs> And the thing is, I mean, you talk to the players, you talk to the coaches for a couple weeks now. They've been saying before every game, this is a playoff game. These are our playoffs. And it feels like it. I mean, you, you saw after the wins, we're feeling great. After these losses, like the one against Ottawa, you're suddenly thinking, oh, no, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And the Panthers still are very much in the thick of this. They have a ton of games in hand still. Uh, they, they still control their own destiny a little bit here. So it's going to be really exciting down the stretch. It's an exciting time to be not only a Florida Panthers fan, but to be out at the BB&T Center. I mean, the Panthers have been playing a lot of home games, and they've been playing very well at home. Uh, the den, if you will, the Panthers' den. You know, as, as the great Dwight Schrute once said, <laughs> Boston, Bruins, big games in a playoff race. I mean, the three Bs. you got to stick with it. So um, it's it's a fun time to be a Panthers fan again. And, and you know what? If, if you're if you're home, bring the wife and kids down to a Florida Panthers game. It's uh, it's an exciting time. And, and tomorrow night and Saturday, these are two big, uh, crucial games in the Panthers' playoff race. And, and the team's going to need, you know, all the help they can get. They need that seventh man in the stands to, to help bolster them against two really tough teams coming in. We've got fun for everybody. So 954-835-PUCKFloridaPanthers.com for all your ticket information. But as we move along here on Territory Talk, Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive, Pete Rossi here with you. We've got a big show planned for you. Later on, we're going to hear from Panthers defenseman Keith Yandel. So you don't want to miss that. Stick around as we will hear from uh, Keith Yandel coming up in a little bit. We have a lot of things we want to talk to Keith about when uh, when he sits down with us. But first, we have uh, some big games coming up against the Boston Bruins down the stretch here. The Panthers have all four of their meetings with Boston coming up between now and the end of the season, and Mother Nature is part of the reason for that. These two teams were supposed to play in Boston back in January. Didn't happen due to that blizzard that swept through the Northeast, and they had to postpone the game. And, well, uh, that game was postponed till the end of the season, the last day of the season. So all the meetings between the Panthers and the Bruins are, uh, are coming up between now and the end of the season. The Panthers also have their regular season matchup against Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers coming up on Saturday. That's St. Patrick's Day. So that's what lies ahead for the uh, Panthers this week. We'll get to talking about all that, but starting off with this game against Boston coming up on Thursday, that's going to be the first of four matchups between the Panthers and the Bruins. Obviously, these are just pivotal games. No other way to talk about it, Jameson. These are these are games that, for both teams, mean a lot right now. Yeah, I mean, the Bruins are still playing for some playoff seating right now. They're obviously a lock already for the postseason. They've had a great season. But for the Panthers, these four games are pretty much the biggest, like, the pre-first round, first round for the Panthers. They have four games. I mean, if you look at the schedule, the way things shape up, they probably have to win three to feel really good about themselves, two to still have a chance, but if you just win one, it's not looking too great. Then, they, then you suddenly have to beat teams like Nashville. You got to beat a Carolina team. You got to win you know, more against Ottawa, who we just lost to. So these are huge games. It's a huge series, and the problem is, oh, if you look at the the history of the Panthers and the Bruins, it's terrifying. I mean, the the Bruins have had the Panthers number for a long time now. Uh, obviously, that had to do with a lot of bad Panthers teams over the years. But if you look at Tuukka Rask's numbers, Tuukka Rask is twenty three and one 
lifetime against the Florida Panthers with a 950 save percentage. That is just absurd. So, I mean, for the Panthers, it's really going to come down to getting out there, getting to Tuca early. Obviously, they've had some bad starts recently. they got to get out there. they got to put a lot of shots on net because, especially this game on Thursday, I think they really need to have a good showing in this first game to kind of set the tone. And let's not forget, the last game against the Bruins is at the end of the season. That could be a game where the Bruins are resting half their team, getting ready for the playoffs. So, I think the first game and the last game are going to be most important for the Panthers, and it starts Thursday. And the Bruins have some injury concerns right now. So the Panthers, of course, still riding this wave at home. They're going to want to make sure they jump out on the Bruins early in that hockey game. Like you said, Tuka Rask has been, uh, has been tough to deal with over the years. But, uh, but again, we can't say enough to emphasize the importance of these games coming up. And I think quick start uh, is going to be the key. As you said, James, in the past couple of games the Panthers have had, they've had slow starts. There's there's no way to sugarcoat it. They've been slow starts, but they have settled down and found themselves to to get back into their systems. You know, the team says, if, if we play in our systems, we can compete with any team in the National Hockey League. And, and that has been evident since uh, the run that they've been on since the All-Star break. But um, with with a possibly depleted Bruins uh, team coming down to sunrise, uh, you got to get out to a quick start. I mean, this is a Bruins team. They could beat you if you want to play a defensively-minded game, 2-1, low scoring. Or it's a team that could, if you want to play run and gun, they could beat you there, too. And as you said, Tuka uh, Rask seems to have the Panthers' number. But uh, not to take anything away, Roberto Luongo hasn't been uh, playing too shabby for the Panthers <laughs> as well. Um, so, it, you know, it could be a goaltending matchup. It could come down to the defense of, the, of both teams. Or it could come down to, you know, um, you know, you want to score? Let's let's go out there and see who can get the most amount of goals. Obviously, the team that scores the most amount of goals is going to win. That's I've heard how, that before, That's yes. how sports work but uh you know it's, it's a Bruins team that could beat you a lot of different ways and, um you know Patrice Bergeron uh, didn't make the trip with the Bruins so he won't be playing but I mean they have uh, a, a, a you know murderous row of, of guys well, who it, can, the row is getting a bit thinner the lineup's getting it a bit is thinner it's because, getting a bit thin, I mean let's but. go down the list here a little bit Bergeron Patrice Bergeron didn't make the trip he's definitely not going to play in this matchup that obviously makes life a lot easier on guys like Vincent Trocek and Alexander Barkov Bergeron obviously a Selkie winner a perennial Selkie finalist that's huge Charlie McAvoy, their top young defenseman, he's not going to be down here. He could miss all four games, it looks like. We don't know. He could just come back for the playoffs. And then you go down last night's game against Carolina. I mean, they lost three more guys. They lost uh, Tory Krug. No idea what's happening there. Jake DeBrusque looks like he might have suffered some sort of upper body injury. I would put him in the doubtful category for Thursday. And then Zidane Char, also a scary in injury. That's a guy that's one of, been in a lot of these wins against the Panthers over the years. And that's a guy that, you know, once again, might not be here on Thursday. So we talked about the first game being the most important, especially if they're that banged up. If you if you can't beat the banged-up Boston Bruins, good luck beating them and the other games down the stretch when they are fully healthy. So this is a huge game for the Panthers, and they've had two days off to rest. And, I mean, you saw right after that Ottawa game, Derek McKenzie said, you know what, we're wiping the slate clean, we're getting ready for Boston. So they've been focused on this game for a while now. And special teams will be important in this uh, matchup as well, no doubt about it. The, the Panthers over the last 17-18 uh, games or so, the power play has really been one of the strong suits. If they can convert on the power play at least once against the Boston Bruins, that certainly increases the chance of the win. With any team uh, that scores on the power play, you're, you're increasing your chances to win a hockey game. So the Panthers and the like, Boston like, Bruins. Like you said, though, with, especially with Tuca, just getting one goal I think is going to be huge because, like, like they say in Predator, if it bleeds, we can kill it. I think that's kind of the goal here with Tuca. If they can get an early goal on him and kind of crack crack that armor a little bit, I think that's going to be huge. And the Panthers and the Bruins will see each other four times between now and the end of the season. So a uh, very important stretch of games over this uh, home stretch. Wow. This Saturday, the Panthers and the Edmonton Oilers will meet. It's a 2 p.m. matinee, so you don't want to miss that one. Make sure you make note that it's a 2 p.m. matinee. And uh, we invite you down here to the BB&T Center for that. St. Patrick's Day, Panthers and the Oilers. Connor McDavid will be here. 
That's a great Irish name, too, McDavid. Uh, but uh, a so-so player, I mean, if you're into that brand of hockey, I guess come out and watch. It's a little boring, but uh, Pete, what do you think? I thought, isn't he the UFC fighter? Oh, yeah, Conor McGregor. Yeah, the same McDavid? guy, right? McGregor. Oh, McGregor. Different guy. Oh, different guy. Okay. I've heard about the McDavid guy a little bit. Yeah, I've seen six, his highlights. On a scale of 1 to 10, 6 I haven't done the research yet, but the numbers look pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's something else, in all seriousness. So a uh, chance to see him come in here to the BB&T Center, and uh, really a, a treat to watch. Panthers look to shut him down. If you shut down Connor McDavid, it really increases your, your chances for success against the Edmonton Oilers. He's such a, a big part of that hockey team, and That's obviously. why you keep an Alexander Barkov in your back pocket, just for situations like this. There you go. It's going to be an exciting matchup to watch all night. Well, you talk about what McDavid brings to the table. I mean, there's there's few players within the National Hockey League you, you, you say they're a price of admission player. And Connor McDavid's certainly one of those. And you know what? I'd say Alexander Barkov's certainly one of those as well. Well, it depends what the price of admission is. I think the Panthers <laughs> tickets are so affordable that every player's worth the price of admission. And and there's just tons of great ticket packages that the Panthers have. <laughs> and, and speaking of ticket packages, I think there's a pretty good one uh, coming up on Saturday, Doug. Isn't that not right? Yes, the Pro Wrestling Night is coming up on Saturday. So all the festivities surrounding this Panthers-Oilers game, we'll talk more about the hockey aspect here in a moment, but the pro wrestling night festivities go to floridapanthers.com slash wrestling. The ticket package includes a chance to watch a live recording of the Something to Wrestle podcast with Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson, their first appearance in South Florida with the podcast, and they were chosen by Sports Illustrated as the podcast of the year. For now, for now. Not for long. Yes, we're coming. I mean, the silver medal is not going to be bad for them next year. We'll send them some flowers, maybe give them a pat on the back, but we're coming for the title. We have big plans for territory talk, folks. And before the game on Saturday, you can catch live wrestling out on the JetBlue Tarmac, uh, Coastal Championship Wrestling, before the game on the tarmac. So lots of fun to be had. That's floridapanthers.com slash wrestling. Be a part of the wrestling night festivities. And I know when the game's over with, I'm going to wrap up what I'm doing. I'm going to go downstairs and, uh, and I'm going to check out the uh, check out the pro wrestling night festivities and, and check out the uh, live recording of the podcast. So it should be fun. Looking forward to it. And it's uh, it's a podcast that's gotten some good accolades and, and has developed a really good reputation. Yeah, we so look, look forward to doing forward some, to... maybe a live podcast of our own in the future. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then maybe Pete and you guys can wrestle after. I don't know if people really need that as the draw to get them to the live podcast. That that would be the draw. That would be the draw. (laughs) We could be a team. (laughs) Yeah. I nice. can see, I can see the tag team actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wrestling two players, and I'll, I'll be the heel. I'll come out with the chairs and everything. Take out Doug Plagans. Obviously, Doug Plagans will be the fan favorite. We're wrestling with ideas Doug, right now. Yeah, Doug's, so the, Doug's the John Cena. <laughs> Doug's the John Cena. Um, but of course, no one better to talk about wrestling night with than our very own Keith Yandel, the resident wrestling specialist on the Florida Panthers. For those of you who don't know, so uh, it's great to have Keith here. Here with our special guest on the second episode of Territory Talk, the official Panthers podcast. Panthers defenseman Keith Yandel stops by. Keith, thanks for taking some time for us here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Pretty cool. upset I wasn't the first guest, but <laughs> I'll take it. Well, the, we're, we're looking forward to this one, and we have some stuff coming up we want to talk to you about. We got Pro Wrestling Night coming up on Saturday, and before we get into any of the, the on-ice stuff, talking about this playoff race and everything like that, Pro Wrestling Night's coming up. I know you're a, you're a longtime wrestling fan. How long have uh, you been a wrestling fan, and, and who have you been a fan of over the years? I've been a wrestling fan as long as I can remember. Um... I remember my first action figure I had was uh, Big Boss Man. It was uh, the classic. Yeah, there so I don't know when. The, I mean, I think I even watched a little bit before that. I remember my dad. My dad wasn't huge into it, but I remember him talking about, um, you know, like Jimmy Superfly, Snucker, guys like that. So, but uh, 
Yeah, I was. I mean, kind of grew up in the in the in the glory days of the of the WWF, WWE, whatever. Um, so it was pretty uh pretty mainstay in my childhood. Was there one guy that sticks out wrestler that kind of was your guy? My my all time favorite was uh, he's actually WCW was Sting. Sting was my favorite all time uh, wrestler. Um, I know recently, maybe a year or two ago, he came over to the WWF uh, E for the first time. But um, yeah, he was my favorite growing up. Did you ever do the face paint as a kid? Every year. Every year? Me, yeah. Actually, I had the mask. I had the mask, so I just put the mask on. So you just grabbed the bat, put the mask on, yeah. and you're good to go? I had a bat. I had a black um, metal bat that I wrote NWO in white, oh, this ho- is great. white hockey tape. I had, like, the cape, everything. And I, I had that costume up until I, I'd wear it in high school. I had it probably till like, 2003, four. And I wish I still had it. I don't know where it went. And the thing is, I know the Panthers do the rugby ball this year, and that's great, but maybe next year you can introduce the Sting bat, the Sting mask. The mask. Yeah. yeah. Sting, sting to a game, yeah. I mean, you're an elder statesman here. I think you have that kind of pull that you could make that happen if yeah. you wanted to. You know what? That's actually a good point. I think I might have to do that. <laughs> hey, do this you, is what we do on Territory Talk. <laughs> yeah. like we, we, we brainstorm, yep. Do you, uh, so do, you like, do pay-per-view events? Like, are you big into that right now? Yeah, um, yeah, I still, I mean, I watched, you know, run, just watched Rumble. I'll, uh, you know, th- the main ones I'll watch them. During the season, it's a little tough because usually we play, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of, it's usually just kind of get the updates online usually. But, uh, yeah, but mostly on the, on the pay-per-view events, I, I tend to get them. Any fellow rushing fans in the locker room? Did any guys come over for events, anything like that? Actually, so me and my buddies do a, a Royal Rumble, uh, like, um, you get two wrestlers, you get 15 guys, two wrestlers, you get random numbers. But I got some of the guys in our team into it with uh, Pissick and Ekblad, Petro and Troj. So uh, we watched it together this year. And do, were you a kid that like went out in the backyard or on the trampoline and just practiced all these moves and stuff? Yep. Was, that, was that you? Did you ever get in any trouble? I didn't have it. The kid, uh, actually one of my best buddies, Jake Fitzgerald, who lived down the street from me, had a trampoline and a younger brother. So we <laughs> oh, God. That poor kid. And we had, we had the... Uh, the entrance theme CD, so we'd play it in his backyard while he had a back porch. What was yours? I always did the uh, the uh, the DX. Come into DX. That was gonna be yeah. my first guess. Yeah, yeah. I was a big DX guy. Um, uh, X Pac, he was my guy too for a while. So uh, I always did a lot of that. I loved the Stone Cold entrance, but uh, my buddy Jake would always use him. But we were actually I was talking to him a couple uh, weeks ago and. We were shocked that his brother made it through childhood. <laughs> did, did, there's a big, there's actually a big wrestling contingency of Panthers fans as well, and I don't know if you notice, it gets pretty loud in the arena. There's that fake Ric Flair yeah. and the woos. Do you, you guys pick up on that? It was really oh, yeah. heavy last game, especially. Yeah, it was. It was great. Like it went for a little bit after uh, the goal last game. Um, but uh, I actually met him the other day. You uh, met the fake Ric yeah. Flair fan. Oh. His name's Steve, but he was like, "Yeah, I'm Ric Flair from the game." <laughs> He's actually a super, super nice guy. Um, yeah, he uh, actually Troach thought it was actually Ric Flair. A couple of us did. Like it took. Yeah. A, I didn't get to explain it. At it's first really glance, close. yeah, it's. I think the with the with that probably is because they just did that thirty for thirty on Ric yeah. Flair, so maybe he's kind of on everybody's mind. But yeah, he looks a. Uh, he looks a lot like him. So, but so, you, so you're the defenseman though. He came up to you. He's like, you might know me. I'm Ric Flair. I'm like fake Ric Flair. Oh, like we knew he, when he was walking at us. We were like all excited. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. So let's say hypothetically, you are going for the you have a chance to go for the tag team titles you got to pick somebody out of your locker room to be your tag team partner who's going to the ring with you Ooh. i might take lou because of his hair when it's slicked back like that it's real wwe like 
Um, I don't know. I'd always, I always like imagine myself as like a high flying guy. Like a hardy boy? You need a yeah, hardy boy like that. So I don't know if like maybe Malgi could be like that, but. Malgi be like a little luchador. Like a, maybe a Rey Mysterio. Yeah, yeah. Rey Mysterio, I loved him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, maybe Troj. I'd probably go with Troj. And do you have a signature move that you'd unleash in this tag team? Uh. I don't know. I, I always I, I liked uh, who was it Legion of Doom? They put the guy on 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 his back and uh, someone come off the top rope. Yeah. Is that oh Legion there you Doom? go. Yeah. So maybe them. Yeah. Well, the uh, if you were so you have the tag team. If you mention the kinds of matches, you, you you envision yourself as a high flyer. Do you have a favorite kind of match? Ladders. The you know do, are you just the conventional? You like just a conventional match? Do you have uh, you know any kind of specific match that that you like to watch? I loved the cage matches back in the day. I mean, if you think about cage matches with Undertaker and Mankind. Yeah, those the Hell were, in a Cell. Yeah, yep. the, those were the, the uh, uh, Buried Alive matches. With I loved Undertaker, too. So he, anything kind of he was in with that. Yeah, I, when I think of, like, my growing up watching those, uh, you know, Hell in a Cell with Mankind and, and, and Undertaker and Kane, those guys, were, those were unbelievable to watch. Were you a big wrestling timeless. video game fan too? Did you have like the N64 and or SmackDown or PlayStation or anything like that? Yeah, I did, uh, actually, I never had video games. Um, really? But, wow. Yeah, no. That's why you're uh, beating the neighbor up because you had nothing else to do. Yeah, and well, he had video games too, so we'd play. I mean, I'd play at like friends' house and stuff. But yeah, my dad never let us have video games, but we. Uh, yeah, anytime I went over someone's mm-hmm. house, it would probably definitely playing. And the thing, that, the most amazing thing to us, I think, is a guy that just seems to enjoy this kind of violence so much never seems to get hurt or get, get in any brawls or anything for the most part, which has helped you get to this amazing Iron Man streak of yours. It's kind of your ability to avoid that kind of contact and that kind of uh, that sixth sense to kind of keep get, get, get out of harm's way. So, I mean, I know you just played in your recently 700 straight game, and that streak's... Uh, we talk about it a lot, but does that never cross your mind? Do you think about the Iron Man streak at all? Uh, no, not really. I mean, it's kind of... I live my life kind of just a kind of day-to-day just type Just going guy. to work? Yeah, yeah lunch just... Pail just kind of every day just you know go about my business so i don't know don't really think about anything really too far ahead do you remember when people kind of started mentioning it to you around like when that was like 300 400 500 yeah um i don't know exactly when yeah probably around around then it was kind of brought up but yeah no i don't really know exactly when it was kind of talked about. Yeah, and I, a couple things on just the the games that are coming up, just this this sprint to the finish that you guys have here. And we talked about, um, you know, first we'll talk about Saturday's game, I guess the 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 uh, pro wrestling night game. But actually, the game I was going to be very important playing the Oilers. Connor McDavid's going to be on the other side. What's it like uh, playing against him? How do you defend against him? And and do you ever maybe when you're watching on TV not playing against him, sit back and and just appreciate what that guy can do on the ice? Yeah, he's he's amazing, and um, you know I think there's so many guys like that in the league nowadays. Anytime you turn on a game, it's it's fun to watch, and you know, obviously we got guys like that on our team too. So it's uh, you know the the league's definitely in a in a good spot with how much talent there is. But um, you know, I think the trying to defend McDavid, it's a it's a guy you need five guys to do a job on him, and you know uh, Ford's helping out and. Uh, obviously, you gotta you gotta be at your best against them. And four games against the Bruins coming up between now and the rest of the year. Obviously, Thursday's game, but um, you haven't seen them yet this season. Kind of an odd quirk in the schedule. What's it gonna be like seeing them for the first time? And, and just how big are these four games with the the games meaning so much to each team? Yeah, it's it's huge points for us. When we know, especially after not playing our best uh, game last game against the Senators, we 
we have to be good and you know it's always good to have a good test after a game where you don't feel so good about your game and uh you know with a good team coming in here we uh want to prove that we're, we're a better team than we showed last game and you size up the overall just the confidence of this team i mean you mentioned the the ottawa game you guys didn't get the results you wanted but the big picture you've won 15 out of 20 going into this uh this game thursday against boston what's uh what's just the overall confidence of the team and, and how much is that really just built up and helped you guys continue on this run yeah i think we got a good uh you know good good feel for our team and and I think you know we we really when we're playing the way that the coaches want us to play that's when we're at our best and we know there's no cheating the system and you know when we don't do uh kind of what the game plan is that's when we're you know we shoot ourselves in the foot and uh I think it's it's proven in the last uh you know 20 games or so that it's you know when we play the right way we can win games. How impressed you have you been like with with his defense? It's kind of turn around to kind of shake off that rough start, considering how young all these guys are, and that it kind of didn't over, it didn't snowball, it didn't become anything, and they were able to kind of get out of this funk and become what you guys are right now. Yeah, it's big. I, mean, I think in the beginning of the year, with you know new coach, you know completely new system, um, you know it's it's going to take some you know time to get used to everything, and for the most part, everyone was from the back end. Everyone was playing with someone new than they were last year, so it's. Kind of one of those things that takes a little bit of time to get used to, but uh, you know I think we've really bought in and, and been doing a good job. And one guy you play a lot of time with, Aaron Ekblad. Just your thoughts on him as a young up and coming star in this league? Yeah, I, I love playing with Ek. He's um, you know he's a guy. I think he's you know, looking at. He obviously doesn't look like he's 21. I feel like he's been in the league for you know uh, 10 years, but he's uh, yeah he's a guy. He you know, he continues to impress me every day, whether it's in practice or in games. And uh, yeah, I definitely love playing with him. And you guys are also neighbors, correct? Or yeah. Cl- close enough. Yeah. yeah they're two houses. Do you guys spend, like go to those houses a lot? And you guys carpool a lot too, right? Yeah, we yeah we drive to the rink. Uh, yeah, we you know it's kind of one of those things. We have the old uh, open doors policy. He comes down, I go up. He's got a little rink at his house. My kids will go skate and stuff. So it's. We uh we definitely have the open door policy. We gotta ask you about a play that you made a couple games ago. So that fake shot pass from the left point across to Dadnov for the for the one timer. When you're seeing that whole thing develop, what's kind of what's kind of going through your mind? And and uh, did you know he was there? You know, early in the sequence, or, or was it something you just happened to see split second and, and you just fired it over there? Yeah, that play. Uh, he uh, when I got the puck, I saw him getting open, and I just tried to sell it as much as I could to that I was going to shoot it to give him time to get open and I made a really hard pass over to him and he made a great shot one time and it off a hard pass and um, I don't know how he hit it so hard but it was a uh, you know, great play by him. How is that used to play with these scores the Barkovs, Dadmouth, Trojak now that you know you can make these awesome passes and get to these guys and they're mm-hmm. probably going to finish it off just yeah I mean they're high and they're high end like we were talking earlier about McDavid they're high end skill they're um, you know, fun to watch and fun to obviously play with, but uh, you know, to you know, see some of the stuff that they do, it, it, it's it's amazing. And like I said about Act Two, is how young they are and how much they dedicate themselves to the game. It's uh, you know, it's definitely fun to be a part of it. You, you talk a little about fun, using that word a lot. And there was a you were mic'd up, or Alexander Barker was mic'd up a couple weeks ago, and at the end of that. You walked up to him after the shootout and said, "Hey, is this game even fun for you?" So I'll ask you right now: yeah. Do you think this game is fun for Alexander Barkov? Is he getting bored? Yeah. I- it, it, I, I know he's having fun. He's, 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 you know, he's a guy. He probably has more fun than everyone, but he doesn't show it. But it's kind of one of those things where it's, it's something's so easy. But it'd be like playing like a little kid and you know, game of basketball. Like you, you get stuff to show. You, you know, you're gonna beat them. Like that. That's kind of what I meant by it. Um, 
where if he was, you know, if it was just too easy for him, just because of how, how effortless it is for him out there and how easy he makes the game look. But, uh, you know, I know he's having fun and he's, uh, he's a special player. And you've played with a lot of special players just quickly. Just what, what is, how different is he? How much does he stand out looking back at your career as guys you've played with? Yeah, and I, I've said it. I mean, it's no disrespect to anyone I've played with. I've played some, with some unbelievable players, some Hall of Fame players, and I, I, I got him right up there with – yeah, his all-around game. Yeah, you know, he doesn't cheat anything offensively, defensively. He's always in the right spot. You can give him a pass anywhere. He's going to handle it. And uh, he's, you know, he's a guy who plays huge minutes for your team. He can be a power play PK. Probably play goalie if you want him to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he's he's an amazing talent. He probably wouldn't question that if you asked him. He'd be like, okay, yeah. just get the pass. Yeah, yeah. I don't even need pass. Probably shout out to yeah, him. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's a, he's a special player. I know you mentioned, I think it was last season you may have mentioned that, you know, as far as receiving passes, he's he's one of the best mm-hmm. in the in the business at doing that. I mean, a big part of your game is making that, making that first pass out of the zone, whether it's Barkov or a number of the guys you have, it seems like you put it anywhere in the neighborhood, they're going to find a way to reel it in. Yeah, they're they're amazing at it. And, you know, they're always in the right right spot, especially Barkov. I've seen to play a lot with him, so it's he's always in the right spot. And if you do make a bad pass to him, he handles it and bails you out and, uh, doesn't doesn't lose a stride doing it. Keith Yandel, the guest here on uh, the second episode of Territory Talk. Keith, thanks very much for taking some time for us today. Thank, Thank you. Thanks for having me. Huge thanks to Keith Yandel, Panthers defenseman, for sitting down with us on the second episode of Territory Talk. Obviously, great wrestling IQ, even better hockey IQ, having a huge season for the Panthers, playing a, a ton of minutes this year, and he's been uh, big in every aspect of the game for the Panthers this year. He's eyeing down 50 points, and and again, just uh, really has been a key part of the Panthers not just the defense, but the offense this season. So Keith Yandel's having himself a really nice season as the Panthers continue their push for the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. And folks, remember the hunt for the playoffs continues for the Panthers. Don't miss any of the action at the BB&T Center with the exclusive Panthers playoff hunt four-pack. Build your four-game package and save 44% off single-game pricing. Learn more at floridapanthers.com slash playoff hunt. Speaking of some keys down the stretch, Talking about ways you can consume Panthers hockey, but some keys on the ice for the Panthers heading down the stretch. How about Dennis Mulgan getting back in the lineup, coming off injury, was having such a good, uh, good stretch of games there before the injury. Missed a little bit of time, but he's gotten back out there. Frank Vetrano uh, coming in for the Panthers. was Frank uh, EV. There you go. He was acquired, uh, acquired uh, in a trade from Boston uh, not long ago. Made his Panthers debut, scored in his first game as a Panther. Really, really showed uh, a nice, uh, nice shot. Shot, that knows for the net that he's had. Remember a couple of years ago with Providence in the American League had 36 goals in 36 games, and that doesn't happen by accident. This is a guy with a with a good scoring instinct, and he's really provided, along with Malgan coming back in the lineup, provided some some real depth uh, and and balance to this Panthers lineup of forwards. Yeah, the Bruins probably with how how they're hurting probably use Frank Petrano right now. So this is a guy that hopefully kind of come back comes back to uh, bite them a little bit. And when you, when we talked to Frankie about you know playing the Bruins, uh, his former team, four more times on the stretch for the Panthers, he just kind of grins and says, you know, hey, it's just another game. But you can see behind behind those eyes that he's, he's fired up for those games because he didn't think he got a fair shake in Boston. I don't think he did either. They kind of buried him in the bottom six, and now he's here flourishing in a top six slash kind of top nine role. Uh, tons of speed you saw. He's flying up and down the ice. He's dominating possession. I mean, he's only played two games, but in those two games, two games at five on five, he's just below 70% in terms of Corsi. So if you're an advanced stats guy, that's huge. But uh, the, the big problem with the Panthers now is suddenly they went from having no depth to too much depth. I mean, the problem was before was finding 
anyone to play with Trocek, and now suddenly it's who of these two great guys can play with Trocek? Who do we want there? And uh, you saw Vetrano play that first game, and then Mulligan came back for one period last game against the Senators, and then Vetrano finished the last two periods with them. And if I had to pick, if I'm looking at that, if I'm going on that second line for Mulligan and Vetrano, I mean, I'm going Vetrano. I like the speed. I mean, you talk to Trocek, he says, you know, we, we like playing with Frank. You know, it, it adds a lot of speed, a big north-south game, and that's kind of what the Panthers need to do. I mean, the top line obviously has speed with Dadanov, but it's, they can slow it down and cycle a bit more with Bukesad and Barkov and guys like that. But if that second line is pure speed, I like it a lot. So if you're asking me, I'm going Frank on that second line, Malgren on the third line. But I don't think there's a wrong answer. But I mean, Pete, what do you think? I got to agree with you. Uh, I really was impressed with Vitrano's uh, first game in a Florida Panthers sweater. As you said, he used his speed to his advantage on that line with Huberto and, and Trocek. And I really, it could be a toss-up between the two guys. They have similar games, similar stature. They're both quick, speedy guys. Um, but I think if, if, if you're Coach Bugner, you just you stick with Vitrano because that's really what's been working the past couple of games. And, and you know what? Maybe Morgan was getting a little bit back into game shape last game. So, um, But I think Morgan can certainly slot in well on that third line with Jared McCann and, and Jamie McGinn. And, and, I mean, if you put um, Morgan on that third line, you know, McGinn's the guy who can go into the corners. He can dig for the puck out. He can get it over to Morgan, and Morgan's your playmaker on that line. McCann will be the guy who wants to take the shot. He's got a world-class shot um, and you know, from anywhere on the ice, and if he uses it more to hit his advantage, he can certainly boost his offensive numbers as well. Um, and, and just, you know, I, I want to, you know, just – Say could give a quick shout out to uh, Maxi Mammon. You know he was uh, the unfortunately uh, the guy that just had to had to be taken out of the lineup with uh, with Morgan coming back. But uh, you know give props to what Maxi Mammon was able to do on that third line with uh, McGee, McGinn and, and McCann. He scored his first uh, NHL goal. Uh, you know during the last recent uh, stretch of home games and and he looked like an NHL uh, caliber player when when he was uh, suiting up for the Panthers. Well, let's not forget he's twenty three. And the thing is everyone when everyone I saw on Twitter people were pretty fired up when Maxi Mammon got uh, got bent there but let's not forget I mean this this it's not that doesn't mean permanent nothing permanent here this suddenly just means the Panthers have a lot of depth and all the guys ahead of them the Jamie McGinn's the Jared McCann's the Dennis Mulligan's all those guys now if you have two straight bad games maybe look out you're on a short leash and Maxine Mammon's coming in because the coaching staff really likes him so nothing's permanent the Panthers just suddenly have enough depth now to actually move guys in and out of the lineup that all deserve to be there and even beyond talking about Mammon and, and we've loved his game and the the time that he's really gotten comfortable here in the National Hockey League but looking at Mulligan and Vetrano, it gives you a ton of flexibility. I think that's the key here. Depth and flexibility heading down the stretch. And we're not talking about just uh, flexibility with the lines going into games. If you get mid-game and you find a situation where you just want to give it a different look for a few shifts, you have the option to do that. You have the ability to do that with uh, so many guys that not only can skate, but have these good offensive instincts. Because Dennis Mulligan can put the puck in the net. We've seen it. He's gotten up to double-digit goals on the season. Frank Vetrano, we've already talked about what he's been able to accomplish. So it allows you that that, uh, that ability to throw some different looks at the opposition mid-game if you feel like you might want to go go that route. And once again, something against Dennis Mulgan, in, in the 13 games before he got hurt with the Huberto and Trocek, they, they, that line combined for 30 points. Like They were putting up points. They were a good team. But the one thing I'll say is even if I'm moving Frank Vetrano up in my, with my little fantasy GM hat on here, uh, even if I, or coaching hat, even if I move him back up to that second line, I'm still keeping Mulgan on the second power play unit over Frank Vetrano because I still think Mulgan's a little bit better and more of that setup cycle game once you get in the zone. And you saw how great he was. He's kind of the, the main reason that second unit got revived was him throwing the shots off the backboard and towards net, uh, toward the net that Aaron Eckblad scored on, that Javon McGinn scored on. So he's got a really good nose for the net on the power play. So I definitely keep him there. But as far as second line, like I said, I'm going Frankie V. And if anything, this creates a healthy competition amongst the guys to to sort of 
want to be better than their teammates. And and it's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. I mean, Coach Bugner said early on in the season, they had that competition for roster spots, which made guys maybe go out and, and try to do a little bit more and try to prove themselves a little bit more. And, you know, throughout the season, injuries happen, various things happen where guys get slotted in just because that's all you got. But now you have Maxime Mammon waiting in the wings. Now maybe, you know, not only Morgan and Vetrano, but other players as well might be saying to themselves, there's a, there's a you know, NHL-ready player Who's who could take my spot? You know, waiting in the wings. If if I have one or two waiting bad on games, wing, waiting on exactly. So as you said, uh, you know, and and can we just? I just want to say real quick, if if Morgan stays on that third line, and if Mammon comes back in, it's it's the M M&M and M line, right? They're all oh, yes, there you go. The M M&M and M line. It's got to be the three M line. They make pens and you know office supplies. There you go. When they're not playing hockey, it's a big line. Fantastic. I love I love the nicknames. <laughs> Speaking of nicknames, we got to come out with one for the uh, the second line for the Panthers. If Frankie V stays on that. Uh, Set second line. I know. If, if, if fans, if you have any uh, ideas for good lines here, uh, just send them in to Doug Plagans, Pete Rossi, and yeah. myself, and uh, find us on Twitter, and we'll, we'll, we'll look them over. We'll see if we can get them on the show. Yeah. But uh, one last thing, and it's uh, it, I think fans should be really excited about. We talk about the depth. We talk about healthy competition. Obviously, it wasn't there as much in the beginning of the season, but this is the future now for the Panthers. I mean, you have Henrik Borgstrom, Owen Tippett coming up next season. Jace Howarluck's down having a great season in the NHL. You're going to have a lot more guys fighting for these spots than I think they've ever had before in the future. So, these are arguments that you know get a little heated, but they're going to start coming out from here on out. I think the future is certainly bright, and it, uh, like we said, it never hurts to not only have depth in the lineup, but uh, to have depth throughout the organization. Guys that you can you can look to. Uh, it's it's a, a great luxury that this Panthers team is is really developing right now with uh, with all the options that it has as far as uh, as far as personnel and, and looking at this roster right now. That's a that's a big strength. This team's really really been able to increase its depth over the course of the season. That's going to come in handy here over this last. Uh, last little bit. And speaking of options, they fans now have many options to listen to us, right, Doug? That is correct. And uh, I'm told, actually, I know, Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, that's where you can the catch. The track, we're on all three. Yes, we're on all three. So for all you podcast enthusiasts, uh, you can find us. iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, also at floridapanthers.com slash territory talk. So all kinds of different places for you to find territory talk and uh, and tune in. So again, big thanks to everybody for making territory talk a part of your day. This has been episode two of territory talk, and we will be back with uh, with more next week. More fun to be had next week. So again, big always big thanks to Keith Yandel for dropping by and uh, and chatting with us. Thanks to all of you out there in podcast land for uh, for making this part of your day. For Jameson Olive, for Pete Rossi, I'm Doug Plagans. That'll do it from here. We will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.